keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts. It's me, Dan. I'm back. Uh, He's I... back. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hey, there is that, like, Dan. I was, uh, was going to go into um, a whole thing of, about how a black demon was over me like John Moxley last week on Dynamite, but let's be honest. I just passed out in front of a Krispy Kreme a couple times. The way he said uh, it, it's me, Dan. I'm back. It's like he he rang his wife's doorbell at 2 a.m. Bubba <laughs> Ray right now is like, you got to apologize to the fan. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I I would have been here longer, but I had COVID for a couple weeks, so I couldn't actually get into rehab. I had to do outpatient. But folks, I am sober and I am ready to talk about professional. Dan, just wrestling. lie to the people. You're you went to rehab and everything's fine. You didn't also, listen to Meltzer once. He came back looking better than Moxley. He's you felt he has good. abs. You do I do Wait. look good. But I am glad and I'm sorry I've been gone for a couple of weeks. Uh I'm glad to be back though. I've already watched about seven hours of wrestling this week. So I'm back, baby. And if you want to count Meltzer, I listen to him Meltzer too. Sorry. That's the big like the the right? That's what you owe us an apology for, for going back on the Meltzer wagon. You, know, you, know, you were doing so well. What's funny, too, about the Moxley Ethan Page thing, as, as an action figure collector, that's a way worse addiction. Like, that's what should have been on the line. Like, I watch Ethan Page's action figure videos. He makes some unnecessary purchases. That guy needs help. <laughs> Especially because he's like, I mean, a lot of that was on an impact salary for a while. You know? Yeah, yeah I, he's got a young family. At least Cardona doesn't have kids. I can justify when he spends a shitload of money on a Hasbro. Or gives $10 to Virgil. You think uh, Vince Russo was like, Hasbro, bro. He probably said that a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> he just thinks the company is named Has. <laughs> has, bro. But anyway, I'm glad uh, John Moxley is not drinking. I'm glad I'm not drinking. And I'm glad to be here. So uh, Mike had dubbed the uh, new 10 count, the elite eight count. I'm going to call it the aces and eight count. <laughs> Damn, go back. Go back to go rehab. Back. <laughs> Bubba, you motherfucker. <laughs> why I can't take Bubba's gimmick and then bury him, you know? Um, we got a lot to talk about this week. We're not doing a roast this week, but it is the Royal Rumble this Saturday night, folks. One of the greatest weeks in professional wrestling. So number one, I'm gonna. we're just going to start right on. The Royal Rumble. What are your Royal Rumble predictions? We're going to start with the hottest match on the card. Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop for the Raw Women's Championship. Who do you Dewdrop. got, Scott? 
dude, you almost going to kick your eye, dude. Like, I don't watch Raw, you know? And then I tune in and I, you, you forget that a lady's got an accent and then you turn it on and it's just, it's so funny, man. I'm sorry. It's, it's so weird that the Observer liked that. Um, and I was like, this was really bad. It, well, it's fine. It's just like, you you know, when you're not, when you forget a person has an accent and then it's the thickest accent, it was just very funny. It was just Dude, it's a William Wallace Braveheart accent. It yeah, is. I mean, it's, she specifically reminds me of someone and I'm just not allowed to say it because the world is a lie and you can't just make comments without people flipping out. But she reminds me of a movie character and I was crying. Dude, um, Dude I don't think Drew's Scottish after hearing her. <laughs> I, I think that. With Nikki Cross and, and Dewdrop and, and, and Drew McIntyre, I think that Vince thinks that Scottish just means mentally disabled. Man, <laughs> she said, I mean, she's so Scottish. She sounds like she has dirt in her mouth. Like she just sounds like she's <laughs> chewing on dirt and grass. She sounds like she's mad that Huey, Dewey, and Louie <laughs> lost her magic time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let me skip over anyway, everything. Why did you say she threw a rock further than William Wallace? <laughs> <laughs> Let, let me skip over like everyone's individual <laughs> predictions on this. Does anyone think that Becky is not going over? If oh, Dewdrop lands on turns. her, it's all over. <laughs> Have you <laughs> seen? Dude, they gave Dewdrop the bonsai drop, Mike. I don't know if you're aware of this, and she delivered this to Liv Morgan, and I'm pretty sure she killed her. Like there was no cushion. Like she flattened this poor girl. So Becky's there's a pretty good chance Becky Lynch may hey, die on pay per view. Still better than Bo Dallas on top of you. <laughs> uh, but wait, wait, yeah. who's dating Bo Dallas? Liv, Liv Morgan. They're uh, like, well, they live on a farm together. Man, oh, give it up because she, she's yeah. out kicking their coverage. Every well, time. no, Liv, Liv is attractive, but she's from Jersey, so there's still bad decisions in her blood. <laughs> do you, I mean, do I, you think do it's you a think step up from Enzo? Do you think the rotundas just get hot chicks because their dad does the taxes? <laughs> I feel I, like Bray spins a yarn. I feel like he's good at the bar and, and charming spin, and stuff. Spins a, dude, when you said spins a yarn, I literally pictured him spinning a spider web at a barn, in a barn. <laughs> I pictured backwards. Charlotte's web. <laughs> and then, and then, Charlotte's and then web is what Andrade calls her pussy. Hey! And then and then Bray's like, all right, I got to go to the bathroom. And he, and he crawls back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that must be. Maybe they do. Do you think they do reverse sixty nine? Where they both? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, they they fuck reverse spider. <laughs> All right. Anybody got anybody but Becky for this? No. All right. No, All Becky right. wins in a good match. I think it's going to be a good match, man. I like. Dude I think Robert. it'll be better than we think it's going to be. I agree. Yeah, I that's what I mean. Yeah. Enjoy that salmon uh, sweater, Scott. Edge and Beth, the grit couple versus the it couple, the Miz and Maurice. Who Wait, do you did you make like? that up or is that a tagline? That is, no, they're the grit couple now because. That's what they're called. Yes, yeah, they're called the grit Edge couple. Is grit. <laughs> Dude, that is so shit. Scott, you think, you think Dan is clever enough to come up with the grit couple? Yeah, I think like sometimes we say dumb shit. I thought he was just saying something silly. There's a reason wow. I kept coming in third on at midnight, the, Scott. The grit couple. <laughs> As, as opposed to when Lillian Garcia and uh, Viscera were the tit couple. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I guess think, Viscera did dude, the heavy I, lifting on that one. Yeah. Uh, they're great because, and, because and, their mansion. <laughs> Viscera also did the heavy breathing on that one. Um, I'm going to go Edge and uh, Beth Phoenix. I, I feel like there's more value in Edge towards Mania, so you might as well just keep them hot. 
I concur. I don't have anything to add. Scott? Yeah, man, the grit couple, of course. They're going <laughs> to win. Dude, I, they're the grit couple because uh, they have hardwood floor. That's how, like, like billionaire, millionaires call themselves gritty if, if they like wood. They like wood yeah. aesthetic. They have a very nice house. I've seen yeah, it. They go, I yeah, love the woods. You go, yeah, you own a bunch of property. That doesn't mean you love the woods. They have, they have a very nice house. And, and also, they're both big fans of Bluey, which is the only watchable children's programming show. Oh, dude, Bluey? He talks like that. I love Bluey. Bluey's a girl, by the way. I didn't know that for the first oh, six yeah. months of watching that show. And so my daughter's like, you know Bluey's a girl, right? I was like, oh. well, You're like, fun. I've been jerking off to a girl dog? <laughs> <laughs> I was right. I was confused and sad. Edge and, and Beth will probably win because why not? Yeah, they have to win. It's Beth's return back. I mean, she's Hall of Famer. Beth, all those memorable Beth Phoenix moments. We, we love them. About them. And, and unlike, yes. Her, and because the they're win. married, after they win, it's going to be a live going to sleep at 930 celebration while HDTV is <laughs> on in the background. Dude, you know, yeah. it's a, you know, it's a blast though. Like, cause you know, I, I watched that clip, like my most surprising rumble moments. And the one where Beth uh, takes the great Collie out of the rumble, please follow the great Collie on Instagram because it is a fucking David Lynch fever dream. Like a lot of the times it's just music and him walking and not blinking. Like it's, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's the stuff nightmares are made of, but please. please so it's follow. like having sex with Bray Wyatt. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Amen. Well, I guess just as much cardio. I wonder what's more physically painful, Great Kali walking or being a, a bottom for Bray Wyatt. <laughs> do you think do you think do you think Bray fucks and rhymes like the itsy bitsy spider crawled out the water spout? I'm now sure he went to eat Jojo out. Oh. <laughs> this is the goofiest show we've done. In a my, long Mike, time. Is, Mike is Mike, Mike is the new Mike is the new dice man. <laughs> Dude, I never thought that song was long. I never thought the Itsy Bitsy Spider song was long. And then and then it, that felt like 10 minutes, right? That was, <laughs> that was so long. Yeah. Mike's, uh, Mike's singing voice is chilling. Um, yeah, the, the that was reverse, a Bray Wyatt promo. I can't imagine yeah, like was. a reverse cowgirl on a Bray Wyatt wheelchair and then a collapsing like a set on the clumps or something. I actually like that Bray can't even be on top when he's having sex. Like, we are fucking... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right next up gets all the heat <laughs> for the universal championship the head of the table roman reigns versus the architect seth rollins who do you got scott you're not gonna believe it <laughs> no, no, no. It's roman reigns is winning man I thought seth could win but I think I'm just gonna go with your prediction I think there's the stronger uh Mike yeah. It's just, it's just the nicknames are so funny because we, uh, you know, Patreon plug, we're watching the 2002 uh, Rumble uh, for this weekend. And it's like, you know, the Stone Cold Rattlesnake and the King of Kings. And it's the head of the table versus the architect. Like his nickname is what George Costanza really wanted to do with this. <laughs> it's so funny. Who do you got, terrible. Mike? <laughs> uh i yeah it, it's it's gonna be roman um they didn't even have to book it they're like oh yeah this is our company let's give it to him again hey but wait i think there's gonna be some beautiful uh call shield moments there's gonna be some heartstring pulling remember no, why, why would there be heartstring pulling they're going against each other 
I know, but there's going to be, dude, he's the architect. He's going to try to get in Roman's head. You're going to have these emotional moments. Dude, Roman and the Usos doing a goddamn, the, uh, the shield power bomb on Seth. Well, the Usos are banned from ringside if you watch SmackDown. Scott. Oh, my God. Shoot me. <laughs> well, at least we're not going to get the same finish we always get. I I, I think it'll be Roman. I, I agree with you, too. I, 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 You know, this is was going to be my low spot, but I'll talk about it right now. This build has just been underwhelming for me. And when you have guys who are as talented as Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, I don't know, man. I just it, there hasn't been that pizzazz. Robert? Yeah, this is this is pizzazz free. That's that's what I look for in my wrestling. I want Fosse or nothing. Uh, this will be Roman there. Seth is kind of the, the filler for the moment. Um, it'll be uh, it'll be weird to see because all of these matches that are scheduled are all technically heel versus heel matches. Becky's a heel. Do drops a heel. Roman and Seth are heels. Lashley and uh, and Brock are still technically heels. Like this crowd, if the if, and they're in St. Louis, I have no idea how they're going to respond. I'm worried they're going to be silent for a lot of this shit. Well, luckily WWE doesn't do a good job of creating heels that people hate and creating baby faces that everybody loves. So it'll just yeah, be yeah. split down. Have you not like met everywhere. Nick Khan? They create heels people hate. <laughs> Roman Roman's a heel, but he's super over. Oh, he's right so now. over, man. He, well, exactly. And he should be. Why would you not cheer him? Uh, yeah, I mean they book him incredibly well. I mean so. WWE doesn't even promote its employees, let let alone its shows anymore. <laughs> you know they they did okay with this. I, I do think. Let's talk about the next match: Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. I, I'm really excited for this. This is a big title fight. This is a big rumble match for me. This is probably what I'm looking forward to most. Um, I'm going to, I'll get, I'll ask Scott's prediction first. Cause I'm, I'm literally stealing Scott. My, my whole thing was like, maybe Big E will win the rumble. But after I saw him like come out to help Kofi against, ha- against happy Corbin and madcap, I just don't see them having him win the rumble. Scott, <laughs> who, who do you got for this? Uh, yeah, man, I, I think Lesnar loses uh, due to shenanigans from Paul Heyman again, w- whether Heyman comes out acting like he's going to help Brock and this is the moment he like full, 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 full on screws Brock um, or if Reigns interferes. But yeah, the title's got to come off one of them. And so why not give Lashley the title? Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be, you know, hopefully they I don't know who they're going to have Lashley go against. I wish it was. Gunther, but I don't think it will be. Um, Mike, who do you got? I think that there's going to be interference from Heidenreich and Snitsky. Oh, wait, this isn't 2004. <laughs> it's 20 fucking 22. Why is this happening? <laughs> Dude, this looks like a good match. I mean, Mike's got to snap just... after some of these comments. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I understand. Look, I understand. Hated it. (laughs) I understand the WWE hate, but this is this is a match I've wanted to see for a while. It's going to be two big hosses. Yeah, because they've both been in two big hosses. Two big hosses giving each other power moves. How can you not love that? Hold on, Jim Ross is now on the podcast. I'm joking. We're not making fun of Jim Ross. Don't pull us off ad free shows. We love all of the hosts that are on there. They're all fucking great and my heroes in life. Uh, 
Let's be honest. Let's just be happy that Brock never needed the money enough for this match to happen in Impact seven years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Robert. Now, look, I think this will be a cool match. I do think Brock, I think this is a storyline match. I think Brock gets screwed, but I think Lashley's going to look strong. I hope hope Brock gives him more than he does most people. I think he will. I think wait, this wait, 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 be... Scott. So you mean four minutes? <laughs> I think this could be one of the longer matches. And and if it's a screwy finish after three minutes, I mean, my God, my, my well, head will explode. But I, it, I, it's, I, it's like a stadium, right? I don't think, I think they're going to. So. I don't think they're going to do like the, the bullshit they often do where they're just constantly disappointing a live crowd. I, I think they know they're going to get big reactions. And so they're going to have big moments. So I think it's going to be a good show. Well, I rewatched recently the Goldberg Lesnar 33 match and it's like four and a half minutes, but it's great. You know, like every spot is, is, is a blast. So Wait, Goldberg Lesnar with Austin as the, no, the 33 no, one, the enough. rematch. I don't even remember this, man. It was, it was like a great five minute match. Robert, uh, I think, who do you got? I think that, I think they're, they've, they've backed themselves in a situation where they're going to go with Lesnar because I think that they have to unify the titles. There's not enough talent on smackdown to justify having two different world titles and different challengers every month for each belt they they need to appease fox they need to appease usa and whether it's roman or brock after wrestlemania as champion either way those networks are going to be happy because you need i think an injection of roman on raw using him on raw and smackdown is beneficial or brock as the champion over both brands is just this specter in the background and you need two nights of WrestleMania main events, which means if you do night one, a unification match, and then night two, the winner faces the winner of the Rumble, you can already book two nights of WrestleMania coming off of whatever they do post-Royal Rumble, which is why I think they're going to keep it with Brock and, and go forward with there as a champion versus champion match, because I think that's the single biggest attraction they have for WrestleMania. All right. Well, we're on to the Rumble, guys. Uh, do you want to do the women's rumble? We'll just do the women's rumble first, just because that's the most predictable. Uh, I was saying this, you know, they've, they've built up the women's division really strong as far as like how many stars they have. I know some of the storylines have been kind of whack lately, but as far as like people you want to see, I mean, there's a ton of people I could see win this Lita, Bianca, Alexa bliss, Bailey, Sasha, but I think it's going to be Ronda if she's coming back. There's no way you're going to have Ronda Rousey in the Rumble and not have her go over. Uh, whether that's setting up her and Becky or her and Charlotte, apparently it's her and Charlotte, uh, Ronda is going over. Scott? I think uh, it's going to be Alexa Bliss. <clears throat> and then <clears throat> and then, uh, and then, her hand is going to come out of her pocket. It's going to be Lily. And Lily's going to throw her out. And then... <laughs> and then they cancel the raw women's division uh, in a ceremony at wrestlemania with the with the tag women's tag titles uh of course mike who do you got i think that uh well first off bianca isn't gonna win and somehow cries a lot more this rumble than last rumble <laughs> when she thinks about how she's been treated over the last year um oh, she had I a guess- great first half yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the summer had to happen. Uh, but I'd say, um, I don't know, um, but they won't wrestle in Saudi in February. <laughs> no, they're doing guess, that now, dude. I guess, like, I mean, I really, 
really like it's not a gimmick. I just don't give a shit about WWE now. Is is Sasha there? Sasha? Sasha's injured. I don't know if she'll be back in time. <laughs> oh. Well then Ronda Rousey, because we've done it before and maybe it'll work this time. Well, they, she's never won a rumble before. She just came out at the end and awkwardly who, pointed at the sign the last time. Who won last year? Technically, years? never cut Bianca. a promo before. <laughs> oh, Bianca won last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I hope then, they give Ronda Heyman this time. I was going to say Bianca wins, but I guess it's Ronda, right? It's got to be Ronda, man. Robert. So, so a couple things. First of all, because I'm waiting to pull this fantastic fact out. Alexa Bliss the greatest wrestler in the history of WWE is the highest selling merchandise that the WWE had last year. Well, the a- active highest active. A- oh, I, was getting, I was getting it. Relax. relax. Not oh, Steve, yeah, Steve Austin still likes you. You're fine. Steve Austin and John <laughs> Cena have sold more, but the the, the highest selling active person on the roster is Alexa Bliss. And I kept saying this last year because we kept shitting on how bad the gimmick was. I said, there is an audience of weird people who love this. The highest selling piece of merchandise was the Lily doll. So this thing continues to make money. Therefore, the winner of the Royal Rumble is going to be Lita uh, because she hasn't won it before. And they mentioned that. I think Ronda's going to get into it. I think that she's going to wind up getting eliminated somehow. Like Becky's going to come out and fuck with her and Ronda's going to chase Becky down and they can still do that match. But I think Lita as the baby face going against Charlotte Flair as the female edge is a, is a interesting story for them to do on SmackDown. And then you can tell the raw story of Ronda and Becky with Becky trying to duck her for another Wait, month. Charlotte or so. is the female edge. No, Lita would be the, like Edge came back and as as retired. We thought we were never going to see him again, and he won the Rumble last year. And then he went to go face uh, Roman Reigns at Mania against that other guy. I don't remember his name. Uh, he's gone, so he's he's dead to me. But uh, I think this year it'll be Lita and Charlotte, and then you can do Becky and Ronda with a, a storyline for a couple weeks. You gotta you gotta give it to WWE for embracing the fact that only people over 40 watch their shows. So only people over 40 are in their matches. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, so Mickey, James, a hot Mickey young James star. will be bottom, bottom four, I think. Mickey James for sure. The, the, they'll stretch that. Yes. Yeah, some of the women in this rumble look like they should be selling me a reverse mortgage. <laughs> Zach, I mean, uh, Zach, you can't see it, but Zach's that, camera's that, off. That's He's actually in really off, right so now. They're fine by me. I mean, but, but wait, someone is definitely throwing mickey james in a trash bag that will happen oh yeah <laughs> duke the dumpster drossi is gonna make a, an appearance um all right let's get to the men's royal rumble match um scott scott kind of nit hit my na- my prediction nail on the head here uh well he, he came up with it but that brock is gonna win after getting screwed i i think that's although that's not what i want i think that that's I mean, that's pretty fail safe. Scott, do you have anything to add? Um, j- just because, yeah, I mean, it, it does feel that way. It just feels like Brock's getting screwed and then he'll win the Rumble. And that is a big deal, having Brock Lesnar win your Rumble, especially if you also have Ronda Rousey win. Uh, that, that, you know, gets more clicks, I guess, which matters. Um, I do think that's going to happen, but I want to say that Big E's going to win. And I want to say Big E is actually going to eliminate Brock. Like, I think Brock will come out to try to regain that loss that he has earlier in the night. 
but Roman will distract him or something, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like Heyman came out to distract Brock in the first match. And now like Heyman and Roman come out during the rumble to distract whatever happens, but Biggie eliminates him. So he sort of gets his, his thing and Biggie wins the rumble um, and goes on to face, you know, whoever the fuck the champion is. Lashley, Biggie versus Lashley. There we go. Boom. Makes the most. We haven't really, have we had that? We had that cash in, but have we had the one-on-one yet? I think I we know, they did it the next they did the cage match. Oh, yeah. geez. Where he oh, beat him, right. where he beat him for real. It, oh boy. Well, and Robert, wasn't it on Raw? It was on Raw. <laughs> yeah, this right. fucking company. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> uh yeah. Um, I think that uh I I don't see Brock getting into this rumble just because I don't see Brock agreeing to work twice in one night. Um <laughs> I think that I think this is their chance to course correct with Big E just because if he wins the rumble and if you have enough time to tell the story of he's going to challenge for real and they have yet to tell on television fully his real story him going out there and basically telling about talking about sleeping on somebody's floor when he was training how this is his passion in life talking about his mom his 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 upbringing as a kid you can build him as a strong baby face as the boyhood dream guy in enough time from rumble to mania it's one of the few things wwe still knows how to do if they try and go ahead and do it i think the other prediction i have for the rumble because dan and i have talked about this on something in sports entertainment with tier uh i know they have johnny knoxville in there what i'm dying to see is johnny knoxville and walter and gunther because the, okay, gunther's whole shtick outside of being a nazi is he believes in the purity and preservation of true wrestling, whereas Johnny Knoxville is everything making it a, jo- <coughs> a joke. And Walter Ch- or Gunther chopping the shit out of Johnny Knoxville will get on TMZ. It'll get him mainstream coverage and is a great way to introduce that character to the, uh, the real audience. I think that would rule hard. Uh, yeah, I would love that. I hope that happens. I also think Braun Breaker is going to be in it. I, I think the men's rumble is going to be stacked. Uh, well, they are apparently now the rumor is bad Bunny's going to be in it. So uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be sense. awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, Dark Horse, yeah, I, I think also, you know, throwing it out there, it's possibility. You know, they're, they always have to pull the trigger on the storyline. But Cena wins and he goes after his 17th championship, Dude, breaking no, Ric Flair's no. record. And Ric Flair unleashes on Twitter about it. Um, let, Peace, Peacemaker's too successful for Cena to need to come back just yet. Yeah, do and that, that show fucking rolls. Um, oh, I think great. I think it's going to be almost because it's like the Iron Sheik at the gimmick battle royale. <laughs> like they're not going to know how to get him out of the ring, <laughs> and once he's in there, they're like, I guess he's got to win. <laughs> but I think I think almost like I don't think he's going to win, but I think that a lot of the the match is going to be built around him, uh, much much to our chagrin, and he's probably going to throw out like. Pick pick the star you love the most. Almost will probably eliminate them because I, I would have agreed with you, except he's been so bad of late that they haven't even like used him on like they used him against Reggie. Like he oh, went was from kind of being, fun though. It was kind of fun, but they've they've already kind of pulled back on the him beating AJ and he's gonna be a top guy to he's a big wacky freak and look at him toss around small people. Now is is Reggie in this? Oh, I'm sure I'll be in it. Oh, I'm sure That's Reggie has. Yeah, Reggie has. A oh, shot Reggie, the new Kofi, maybe right. Dude, how amazing would it be if like Kofi does his like like a cool Kofi stunt, and then Reggie comes out later and does an even better stunt, and Kofi like interrupts it because he's pissed. 
I, I think it'll just be, uh, if, if that happens, best of luck on Covey's future endeavors. Number time, two, show in hell. We uh, did the uh, 2000, I believe it was 2004 Royal Rumble. Uh, five. 2005. 2005, sorry. 2005 Royal Rumble, uh, West Side Story uh, parody commercial. This felt like a gigantic thank you to Pat Patterson. I, I did think this would be really fun to do in AEW since I think there's like 37 factions over there. Um, but yeah, this was, this was fun, man. It was a little weird. Uh, obviously, you know, Vince had to buy it back in the end and be like, this isn't us, but you know, it was, uh, it, it must've been weird to like, I mean, to do dance choreography with Benoit, that was going through my head the whole time. That must've been kind of chilling, but what, what did you, well, first off, Mike, why did you pick this? What do you think of it? I picked this because it's fun and it's short and it's, you know, it's goofy and, and, um, and it connects to, to the next thing we'll be talking about, uh, which helps. Uh, what I love the most was most of them had wigs on and Benoit had his real hair. <laughs> like, he's, I'm not putting a fucking wig. Like, we, that, that's where we should have known that something was wrong with the brain when he was yeah. afraid that a wig could disturb it. His head hurt too much. Yeah. There's, too much there's too much weight on my head. <laughs> oh my god! But no, this, was, this was like this was fun in a way. I mean, it, it's so interesting because when you think of like sports entertainment and the territories and all the you know guys that shit on you know Vince's version of wrestling, this is what Vince sees wrestling as. Like this is goofy and and fun and I mean, like the guys are feuding with each other and they're like singing and dancing together and uh, look more people saw this than Spielberg's West Side Story. Uh, <laughs> and I bet you right afterwards, Jim Johnson, <laughs> he went to Jim Johnson. He's like, "How'd you come up with this music?" <laughs> <laughs> Scott, what did you think of this? I loved it. I was they. they they often had funny shit. I remember SummerSlam promos more than anything, I think, uh, yeah. because, you know, put wrestlers uh, in, in outside in the summer and all of a sudden it's like interesting and silly. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I got a kick out of this. And Vince waking up, it, it does kind it, it is forgiving somehow. You go, yeah, it's a dream. What the fuck? It's a commercial. It's not the real thing. But you know, you know also. Like- the end of New Heart. Because this was also the year where they go to Hollywood yep, and they do all the movies. Oh, I love that. And Stone Cold with the uh, Gladiator, right? So, so Robert, you you being here around this time, was there like a great like commercial like marketing person that they then got rid of? Because there were a few years where the ship was really fun. I remember the Roman Coliseum one the next year. Like what happened? Well, they'd already done the Roman Coliseum. It may have been while I was there. They, they, yeah, there was a company they were using to make some of these commercials, um, to to get the ROI. But I know the, those WrestleMania goes Hollywood commercials were so successful internally because throughout the building there were like fifteen foot high posters on every wall in certain areas of all the different uh, parodies that they did, and they were done perfectly. The Kurt Angle. Uh, Christy Hemi when Harry met Sally one is is by far my favorite with him talking instead of the orgasms it's him reenacting how people tap to his uh, ankle lock and it's fence <laughs> and he's wearing the same sweater this Royal Rumble ad was was legendary internally because everybody would sing this song anytime we would ever talk about the Royal Rumble so it was a <laughs> great flashback of you know there's going to be a rumble tonight um, also the great story of they filmed this at Universal Studios in Orlando 
which is where Impact was filmed. And a bunch of TNA guys showed up at catering to start shit. It was Road Dogg and Billy Gunn and Tracy Brooks and R-Truth. <laughs> oh and they filmed God. it as them invading WWE. Oh. And they put oh. it on their pay-per-view to try to reenact like DX invading WCW. Um, oh it's God. how this company is, how T Impact is still in business is beyond me. But the, the 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 commercial was really funny, and it reminded me of something I was going to talk about for Impact later, but or for Dynamite later. But I'll just say it now. The thing I didn't love about it, I never loved about some of these commercials, is the breaking of kayfabe within the world. Where I'm like, so the baby faces and heels who hate each other all got together for choreography and makeup and did rehearsals and learned this song, even though I just saw them try to kill each other on Raw. Was the same thought I had with with Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy, where they're posing on a beach. I'm like, you're at the point. It's a lights out match. They can't be in well, the they, same that building. That was a stare down on the beach. I, but I, they still I, both. It's like they both showed up and they're like, all right, I know you want to kill him and you want to kill him. But can we stand here and pose and take this? Like they should want to fucking murder each other. It's the same thought I had with this. Fighters do that though, right? Don't they have to? Yeah, like, right. yeah they do that on the beach. Yeah, yeah, but, okay, yeah, but yeah, yeah, UFC fighters aren't also engaged in lights out matches because their wife gently got put through a table the week prior. Well, yeah, that's that's the fun. That's the bit. It's fun. Yeah, I think it's fun. <laughs> Let's transition to fun number is three. stupid unless they're singing and dancing to West Side Story. You've heard of Scott's New Japan Corner. Well, it's time for Scott's GCW Corner. Scott, tell us An about even the show. smaller corner. This corner is dirtier. <laughs> Why is there shit in this corner? Who pissed in this corner? You're gonna get uh, yeah, man. I watched GCW. Did y'all watch the GCW pay per view? I just I, saw I watched. The world on GCW. It was at Hammerstein Ballroom. Uh, yeah, Scott. Scott, I saw enough. I, I watched some of it. Wait, how do you spell enough though? Uh, N U F F. I saw enough. no, no, Mike. How dare you spell it the way Stanley? Keep Stanley away from GCW. <laughs> Mike, did did you start from the first match? Moving no, forward, um, I, I I tried, and I was like, I was like, you know. What I really just want to see is is the Cardona stuff and um, the main event and uh, you know the boxy stuff. I mean, I yeah, I did I did watch the opening where they're all like, I I mean I the hate when companies or... do this, but like you said, I wasn't good enough. You said I couldn't make it, and then they spent three hours proving everyone right. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> This oh, show goodness. sucked. <laughs> I mean, look, it didn't suck, but it was not great. And y y there was, okay, there was definitely time issues, right? So first off, at first I thought the show was great because there was no time restraints. Like I thought the ladder match was fun enough. Yeah, it's, it's GCW. So the ladder is a lot shakier and guys accidentally fall off it <laughs> more often, but that's like part of it, you know? It's GCW, so they can't break the ladder too much because they got to return it back to Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I, I thought I thought that match was all right. What like AJ Gray won that? It, PCO was in it. Alex Cologne, Tony Deppin, G Raver, Jimmy Lloyd, Jordan Oliver, who's great. I think you're making up some of these names, Scott. I know. It, it, I, I might be honest. This kind of feels like New Japan, where you just start naming stuff. Dude, former, then Team former. Gringo beat Team uh, Bandito. This match was fun. Did you watch this match, Mike? This was I all the luchadors. I, I had heard everyone say, like, it was so funny, man, the full circle of us talking about Rumble 97 and going, why the fuck is there this six-man <laughs> lucha match 
and then watching this show and being like, thank God there was a six-man match. Oh, Wait, man. did this have Gringo Loco in it? Yes, yeah. yes, it I did. I love that dude. He's awesome. And, and Bandito. Yeah, this this was fantastic. Like, and and this... There was a moment where they did, like, you know when you're in the pool and you do, like, chicken where you sit on the shoulders? They were doing that, and then, uh, like, a Canadian destroyer off the top of that. It was, yeah, it was a very, very cool match. Um, yeah, I mean, Bandito, Laredo kid. Uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Then Blake Christian, he was supposed to fight. Um, Dan, who the hell was he Russia. supposed to fight? Oh, Jonathan Gresham. Yeah, yeah the yeah, guy yeah. who wrote all those legal novels in the 90s. The guy who wrote the <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Gresham, but I think Gresham was like some COVID protocol. So Leo Rush His date wasn't out. firm. Free agent Leo Rush came out. Uh, he fought Blake Christian. Blake Christian was in NXT and he got fired. And when, when he got hired by WWE, rarely does this happen. But Blake Christian, when he got hired, I was like, ah, oh, shit, they got someone great. And you go, oh, maybe they'll do something great with him. Like, they, they actually got someone worthwhile. And then they fired him. But um, he's awesome. I thought this match was great. So, like, so far, I thought this show was very good. And then the Cardona match happened with uh, Janela. And it's just a lot. It's like, and it's supposed to be, you know. It, it's a fun lot to of, see like, X-Pac back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so X-Pac came out after the match. Cardona won the match. Um I think X-Pac came out so nobody would riot because the idea was, like, you know, if Cardona wins, we riot. Um, Brian you know Myers was? came out, like, Edge and, at Hammerstein with the uh, motorcycle helmet on. Hornswoggle was there. Then Marco Stunt came out and beat up Hornswoggle. Swoggle. Chelsea Green. Uh, just because you use that voice doesn't make it sound more exciting. <laughs> uh, it was just it was it was a shit show but a fun shit show. I mean, I didn't think the match was great, but the, the moments were fun. And Matt Cardona is the shit i mean just unbelievable what he's doing like the fact that one he got over himself in wwe right and then okay eventually gone then showed up in AEW for a second and tony doesn't hire him but then he becomes like the most fun thing on the indies he's so damn fun and uh it was cool to see a crowd despise him and it felt like the biggest match on the show because well, he's, he's a wrestling match. fan who got into the business and didn't forget that he's a fan. And and for, sure. for as wacky as this was, like this was, it was cosplay theater of the uh, one night stand match with Rob Van Dam and John Cena. So they yep, yep. replicated everything across the board with it, which is fine. And it's just, it was fun, campy theater, but it takes you out of the, the rest of the show is serious, but this is, Hey, we're doing something wacky. And I love doing something wacky. It's it's great. Like they brought out, uh, didn't they bring out Virgil as Vincent? Dude, that was oh, awesome. Yeah, Vincent as Virgil like, was amazing. That's like super fun, but that's like fun in the fact that if we all sat together and came up with something goofy, these are the things that you would pitch as a sketch, not necessarily as a, this is a serious match on a serious pay-per-view. And it feels like tonally, that's where GCW is kind of, it's, they're, they're neither fish nor fowl. They were always like the death match company because we saw them on the Arquette special and that was where they were and then they're doing a lot of this fan service stuff what are they well you know well, what here's... it is it's like it reminds me a lot of like uh I don't want to say metal heads but like something like that where they don't realize that like great music also embraces like femininity so so the most entertaining things on this show are like like the effies of the show you know and then everything else is kind of like you guys spent money on this like you you're rooting for this fucking goon. 
And it's well, it, 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 it screams daddy issues without being aware of daddy issues because it's like their dad died before they could know that he was a piece of shit. So they're like, no, drinking beer and passing out on the lawn is cool. Unprotected chair shots to the head are awesome. But here's 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 the issue, right? Like, and and I know one of our fans um, on the Facebook group was at this show, and apparently the big issue, like like Scott said, there was the time issues, but there was also um, New York State Athletic Commission issues. I want I want to touch on that because I want to say a big fuck you to GCW for that. Simply, Robert is a member of New York State Athletic. No, no, no. We when I was in MLW, we ran. <laughs> show a show in in New York and and in in Manhattan and they gave us the whole here's the state athletic commission says you can and can't do and we had Jimmy Havoc booked on the show and basically had to threaten his life of like you can't use certain weapons you can't do certain things or else they will pull our license and we will be fucked if GCW was doing their first ever pay-per-view they never should have done it in New York in the Hammerstein Ballroom because New York does not permit their bread and butter when ECW ran in New York, they had to be a lot tamer than they normally were, which pissed off their hardcore audience. It feels like they they backed into this being a, their pay-per-view as opposed to just their Hammerstein debut. Because if you're playing this to a worldwide audience, for the people who want to see GCW, I feel like they want to see the most extreme shit that they can do in some of their deathmatch stuff. Instead, they went in there. They didn't give their hardcore audience exactly what they wanted. And then blame it on an athletic commission where you know what the rules are long before you book New York. And New York is one of the strictest places that there are in the country for blood and, and some of this violence. And they will fine you and they will make sure you never run again. So, okay. So my thought on that is, um, first off, I would love to see Jimmy Havoc be told he had to wrestle the match. Um, but, <laughs> but also it's like, my, my thing is a pay-per-view. I mean, are they trying to get new fans? Are new fans even going to buy this? I don't know. Probably not. So then it's like, then you are entertaining the people that already like your shit and you're not even giving them what they want. Um, I, I, I feel like, yeah, they shouldn't have done this here. And I do think like my thought would be, I would have main evented with this Cardona match just because like it is spectacle, but it was the only kind of spectacle they were allowed to have. And at least it was silly enough and goofy enough. And and if you end on Cardona getting heat, it at least makes me want to tune in again. What they ended on was a six-minute Nick Gage tag match where, yeah, Nick Gage can't be Nick Gage. <laughs> yes, it's it's Andrew Dice Clay in Branson, Missouri is what that kind of feels like. It, yeah, it's, man, also it's, poor, it's, also it's like if the Godfather man. brought out the girls. You know, the Briscoes had an open challenge and it's like, yeah, you do want to see Nick Gage there and stuff, but you probably want to see him in a singles match. And when you're going to the show and you're hearing the Briscoes are having an open challenge, you're thinking like FTR is showing up or or some other tag team. Uh, so to get just a uh, it, and for that to be the main event, it's it. I would assume being there was a little bit disappointing. If you're a GCW fan, if you just go in there to see a wrestling show, fuck it, you know. I'm sure you had a fun night, but it wasn't the story like, oh, going into it that like Nick Gage was angry that he wasn't booked and they, he was like, you know, fuck management or something like that. Like, wasn't they were sure they were doing like a miniature Cody Rhodes kind of situation. I of, don't know, but, but even the Moxley match, which was right before the tag match, that was super short with homicide Moxley won. You can tell he's sober because like he, it, it's like, he doesn't want to get hurt as much. Like a lot of that was clearly, he knew he was going to get drunk after and, and not have to nurse his uh, wounds that bad. 
It, it Dude, was that, little... that paradigm shift on the chair was awesome looking up. Oh yeah, yeah. And apparently the 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 time limit was less about pay-per-view restrictions and more about New York State curfew. So once again, oh my god, what are you doing? I think they were only allowed to have like a three-hour show that had to end at 11 p.m. I mean, I remember Scott when we went to uh, was it All In? Yeah, All In, and it's like the Bucks had to like rush a match at the end. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's it really it really is that thing of like you got to just be assholes and be like, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is how much time you're getting. It's fake. You're doing 12 minutes. Cause we're saying you're doing 12 minutes. Don't fuck it up. Yeah. We had to, it has to be the thing Cardona we had to do. match, right? <clears throat> Hopefully they can use that. It's funny. Cause yeah. the other thing we had to do with, with MLW was because of the timing issue, we had Bruce running gorilla and we, and the biggest thing he basically was saying was, I don't, you know, it's like, yeah, here's your shit you need to do you have a hard out. You're not allowed to go more than 30 seconds past what you have. Like you can get your shit in, but you need to be done. Cause we have the show timed. And even though we still had padding, it's like, we got to get out at a certain window or else they come in and they just shut you down and they don't care that it's on pay-per-view and it's being filmed for TV. Let's well, get to number. We talked about GW, Dan. Um, I'm gonna say, is it cool if I do the Twitter question now? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Because Twitter this question, is about, Twitterverse. This is about uh, GCW. Um, I decided to do an SAT edition, uh, which is taking the SATs is as fun as watching GCW. Uh, finish this sentence with your yeah, own ouch. analogy. A GCW pay per view without blood and death matches is like blank. So at Black Emoji says an episode of Wrestle Roast without Scott breaking his back defending the worst of AEW. <laughs> at Mammoth Bully says Joey Janela Spring Break without a single registered sex offender on the card. <laughs> at Boots Van Badger, a Canadian destroyer not followed by like three more Canadian destroyers for some reason. <laughs> at Christopher W227, a Cody promo not sounding like it was written by Triple H with ADD. At Andy's Jack 23, an episode of Dynamite without a 925 women's match. I, I will correct you, sir. It was on at 915 yesterday. At <laughs> Santos 3421, sex without insertion. At Mizuho AMVs, Dave Meltzer only giving four stars to a Young Bucks match. At D Tesso, an ECW pay-per-view with Bobby Lashley as champion. At Nerdy Egg Roll, a January 6th insurrection without people singing Judas. And finally, at The Omar Gonzalez, a Russell Rose podcast where Robert and Mike are not shitting on AEW. Dan does a roast without a Linda's pussy punchline. Hey. Scott doesn't come to a New Japan match. <laughs> That's impossible. We're never going to have those greatest Twitter fans in the That's world, true. folks. Pretty sure that last one was written by Zach. <laughs> I did say wash your hands. <laughs> Nine for number four, dynamite or dud. Hour one, we had the TNT unification ladder match between Sammy Guevara, Cody, and Cody's tummy. Team Taz promo, Wardlow versus two guys, the inner circle versus my two dads. The Archer Hangman promo package, Jurassic Express private party promo backstage, and a CM Punk MJF segment, which was tremendous. Um, what did you think about this first hour, Mike? Yeah, I mean, uh, the Punk MJF stuff, uh, it's weird to say in January, something already might be my feud of the year. This is just like dream match level 
fun shit. I mean, him sitting like, you know, pipe bomb style on Punk's chest at the end was incredible. Um, the fact that, look, they could push this to the pay-per-view. I like that we're getting it in Chicago. I mean, if MJF wins in Chicago, that's some real fucking heat right there. And I still think you could do a pay-per-view match, but that 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 to me was the highlight of the show. You know, the, the Cody-Sammy match, I liked. What was funny is, like, you know, with most ladder matches, at the end of this match, they show you the five best, best spots, and you're like, oh, that's all I needed to see. <laughs> it's like... It's like like the first ten minutes. Dude, that, of every that cutter from Sammy, holy yeah, shit, it was, that was, it was beautiful. Um, but the first ten minutes of every ladder match is just the part of the porn where their clothes are still on. It just <laughs> it's all you know. It's leading to something, but it's not there yet. I really like the ending. I know some people criticized it. I thought it was legit. Like pushing like the fucking title into the guy's face like made sense. And and then the fact like I was so afraid that. Sammy was then going to do some kind of dive or something instead of just grab the titles. Um, but he grabbed the titles and, and I'm glad. Uh, private party, it, it's you got to give them credit for not improving at all since uh, the start of the company. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my favorite well, was this. line was pretty good from Jungle Boy. Um, did you mention, uh, was, the, was the Team Taz promo? Yes, that was in this first hour? hour. I fucking loved it because my wife is from Cleveland. And the idea, like even telling her that there's going to be a show called Beach Break there, she found hilarious. And I love that Tony, like Tony Khan's the kind of guy where, you know, people are like, why are you doing a beach show in Cleveland? He's like, see, there is one. And we'll make people like almost freeze to death to prove you wrong. Like I <laughs> no, it was just fun, I thought. This felt like a rib, man. <laughs> <laughs> like Tony literally says, my hand, I can't feel my hands at the end of this. Yes. <laughs> and also, Hook is too over to be with Hobbs and Starks now. It's interesting because he was they were always together, and now it's like we gotta keep our main star away from the mid-card. <laughs> Scott, what do you think of this first hour? I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought, look, ladder matches just are spot best. And every time you watch a ladder match live, it's a little uncomfortable because mm -hmm. ladder matches just kind of suck. But as highlights, these were some of the coolest ladder spots I've ever seen. That springboard um, into the cutter was perfect. It's like fl a flawless. It, it was un un unreal. Yeah, it was like a computer did it. It was it was so, so well done. Uh, Cody Rhodes doing the crossroads off the top and Sammy selling his face like a. Like he shattered it was, was fantastic. Sammy, when he does the swanton off the ladder, and I, I guess they thought the ladder would break or something like that because Sammy just bends in half after landing on Cody uh, because the ladder had no give. Yeah, I just thought it was great. And Sammy finally gets like a big win, which he needs because he doesn't have much of like a – his matches are amazing, but – Be Beat Miro and Jay Lethal, you know. That's yeah, but no... he doesn't have like a purpose. You know, like, I, yeah. like, who is he? I don't mean purpose. Like, he's the TNT champion. I get it, and he's great. And he's a young guy, and he's awesome. But, like, what is his, you know, what's his thing? I don't even – I just don't know. I uh, so, I did think the beginning of the ladder match, because, you know, we remember those, like, Benoit, Eddie, Jericho, Mysterio type of ladder matches. and certain they don't. Who. Um, but like the, the beginning of it, 
It's like Cody did some stuff to get, you know, like heel heat or whatever, but like <sighs> kind of exposes Cody a little bit, you know, like because the beginning of those match, if you don't have the ladder in there, you know, he, he was trying to do like, you know, there he was trying to like roll around the mat and do all this mat work. And it's you just have so many guys in that company that can do better mat work than Cody that I think that that's kind of what got in the way less less of the fact that there was crazy spots later and more that it just felt a little stilted, but I don't know. Maybe I'm being too hard on it. I thought okay, the so then after that, you had what you had punk and MJF. I, yeah. I thought this was, uh, was phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. I thought the uh, Jericho proud and powerful story was, was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, I, I don't mind it at all. I mean, you know, being a C or D story on the show and it, and it involving those guys is, I mean, that's great. You, yeah, you can't ask for more, and Proud and Powerful will eventually, hopefully, get away from him, right? I mean, last night was Jericho kind of showing, like, not that you need me, but, like, hey, we are good as a team. I think that's, you know. Yeah, it was interesting. I thought the finish Proud was and Powerful, I guess, feels yeah. like, uh, oh, yeah, maybe he is holding us back. And then Jericho showed last night, no, I'm not. And then hopefully Jericho turns heel or explodes something, just goes away for a little while. Let Pred and Powerful be great. Dude, also, man, when they were beating up Punk, you know, thinking Wardlow was going to make, like, the fact that there is this Punk and MJF storyline, which is the best storyline in wrestling, and then you have the MJF-Wardlow storyline, which is the second best feud yeah. in wrestling, and, and, and it's all happening in, in this one moment. I mean, damn. And next week, Wardlow's going to be there, and you're going to be begging him to turn on MJF. I mean, is he going to, or... Is MJF going to, and that's the other thing. It's like hometown wins. That's like such a thing in AEW and it makes everybody so happy. And for punk to be the first guy to lose in his hometown, if that, I, that could be true, I think, uh, holy shit. Just, yeah. That'd be great. Uh, Robert, what do you think of this first hour? All right. Uh, uh, as the fair and balanced one here. Uh, no, um, I really enjoyed the Cody Sammy match. I liked that it was a little slow at the beginning and they, they kind of built to it, the brawling in the crowd. I, I don't mind it being I, slow. I just didn't think it was crisp. Just, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily crisp. The, 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 the suplex off the ladder looked really good from Cody. The, the biggest criticism I have of that cutter, that cutter was incredible. And this is what pains me the most. Cause it's starting to happen more and more. Jim Ross is so far off his game. He did not sell that move. He Man. said it as if it was a suplex like a regular body slam or something. We've watched Rumble 97 and Rumble 02, and you see prime Jim Ross and how plugged in and how incredible he is. Excalibur laid out because he knew Jim Ross is going to sell this as what a moment. This is incredible. And he's like, well, that cut her off the ladder. Like it, it, it was unnecessary for what was such an incredible move. It should have been like, what did we just see? This isn't every highlight package going forward. Instead, he kind of diminished it. Um, oh, man. Old JR would have made so many AEW moments better. Uh, he that's, really that's drops the ball But we, but we love Jim Ross, and we love everybody on ad-free shows. Um, then the Starks-Hobb thing on the beach was super fun. Tony uh, Schiavone was having a great time. I love the Wardlow versus Dean and Alexander. I wrote down their names. They, they matter. Jobbers matter. Um, the crowd was so in love with him because this was Cleveland. And I love that they gave him this spot here for what you were going to get the payoff for later on. This was just awesome booking on Tony Khan's part from it. Uh, Jericho and Proud and Power for 2.0 and Danny Garcia was 
it was fine. I thought for sure 2.0 and Danny were going to align with Jericho. I think Jericho as a heel with those flunkies around him is going to be super fun. And the reason I say this, because great. One, I one love the, that. One of the worst parts of this show comes up next. And I think this is the biggest failing of AEW. And I talk to other people who are huge, like bigger AEW guys than Scott. And they all agree with me. The booking of Hangman Adam Page is so it's worse than Big E. Not putting him in front of it's a live not crowd. worse than uh, I will, out of you know, your mind. All right, how Robert. about you let me finish? I you start that. All right, I, don't worry. Dan's back. Tony Khan's money's coming into the. He's paid. He paid for the rehab under the AEW banner. <laughs> but Adam Adam Page. But only when he found out it was outpatient. Yes, Adam Page. Since he's won, you need to put the guy in front of a, in front of the live crowd. They need to feed off him. You can't keep him in pre tapes week after week. He should be getting some sort of a spotlight, some sort of a situation. The Archer feud is clearly just you're carrying him over to something else, but he's still a new guy. You need to make him your sole focus. He needs to be your top star. He does not feel like one of the top five stars in AEW through no fault of his own. When they put him out there, his promo going into the Daniels and stuff, his promos and everything going into Omega, he's great. And they're not giving him an opportunity to truly shine. You don't need to put him in two weeks in a row backstage pre-tapes talking about, are you a real cowboy or not? Like, let him go out there. Let him show you the natural charisma. Connect with the audience so that they are rabid for him. It's not fair to, to Hangman to keep doing this week after week, even if it's just you have him go out there for five minutes and do kind of what they had Britt Baker do later in the show. The audience wants to love him. Don't hold him back further and don't put him in these goofy kind of kind of pre-tape things in the same situation they did with Private Party, who I know Mike loved this. They're the number one contender. I haven't seen them wrestle in two years. Uh, so that always cracks me up and they make someone the number one contender. The punk stuff was was awesome. The, the whole bit with uh, pointing out punk, this is where he no-showed. And as soon as MJF started down that path, I got so happy because I hate when they bring in outside continuity. But it's Max, so I'm always going to give it a pass because I'm a fucking, I'm a, I'm a double two-faced liar. Um, I love that he's like, you know, this is why you, you people shouldn't love Punk. It was great. The audience expecting Wardlow to defend Punk and him not doing it when you gave him the babyface homecoming earlier was so amazing. So when it finally does happen, it's going to matter. And yes, MJF sitting on on CM Punk doing the. I don't know what the politically correct term is for how to describe how he's sitting. Cause That's I said, why I said like, pipe bomb style. <laughs> because when I, when I was watching it's Lotus my, position, Lotus position, right, because my wife's two favorite people are CM Punk and MJF. Um, and I'm like, Oh, he's sitting certain ways. Like you're not allowed to say that anymore. I'm like, Oh shit. Well, he's sitting on him and it Chris was cross awesome. applesauce. Crisscross applesauce. It was now. awesome. Overall, an incredibly strong first hour, especially after two weeks of kind of meh. Like no, the AW first hour shows. of AEW for for what are we what are we going on? Two years now has been great. The first hour of every show almost. This was truly great. This, this wasn't just Scott great. Last week and the week before, those first hours were. Also I'll do better fantastic. than great. This first hour overall, dope. Yes, I, I like I like that Robert said bigger AEW fans than Scott. No, there may be fatter AEW <laughs> fans than Scott, but they ain't bigger. <laughs> Well, let's get to hour two, folks. The acclaimed promo, a Griff Garrison promo, Layla Hirsch versus Red Velvet, a House of Black promo, 
uh, Sammy Guevara commercial interstitial, a Dr. Britt Baker promo. Man, there was a lot of promos on this second hour. Yep. Now a Rose promo uh, or a well, now a Rose screaming at somebody. Uh, and finally, a lights out match between Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy. Mike, what do you think of this first hour? I mean, second uh, yeah, hour. The, the night lights out uh, was great. Uh, Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy did the debut of Danhausen. The debut of Danhausen slash the explanation why he wasn't in the Cardona match. Um, <laughs> that was fun. I'm, I don't know much about him, but I'm excited to learn. And he's also a big action figure nerd, so uh, that's cool. He uh, is an action figure. Okay, so so Layla Hirsch <laughs> and Red Velvet. I did I did some research here. They are the number one and two contenders in the women's division, right? Yes. Yeah. Now, I looked up when was the last time uh, either of them won a match on television. For Red Velvet, it was November fifth, and for Layla Hirsch, it was August fourth. You boomer! YouTube is television. Sorry, and also, watch dark and dark elevate. Well, don't watch dark elevate. Watch dark, dude. But also it's real. It's some content, of those were dark bro. elevation matches. But but also both the person they both beat was the bunny. <laughs> yeah, but like UFC fighters, you know, they don't fight the guy who it's it's not always a big pay-per-view that you know a guy goes, Oh, he's then he's the guy to fight him next. And but but this is I just want to say, like, this is a part of like, you know why are you critical of the women's division where this match didn't have a lot of heat you it it technically is a number one contenders match which should be exciting but yeah neither of them has won on tv in a while and has mostly been beaten by everyone of significance uh like serena d is number three and she's won on tv the last two weeks (laughs) make fucking sense and then and then the the archer shit it's like it's again with the contender stuff so puffy face just comes in and because he's mad that he's not a real cow now now he gets to fight him and and also yeah i agree with you robert the pre-tape thing and also the the dumbest thing in that segment was the cameraman going you know it's a texas death match what <laughs> no that was awesome that was not dumb he, he ended up rats. he ended up like responding well he but the fact that there, there was even a pause like it's just the fact that, like anxious it, millennial cowboy dude he's anxious also, why it's is the camera time. guy booking the show yeah like, <laughs> why does he know before the champion no they're interviewing each other you know he is interviewing him they're interviewing goes, each other so what is that is not that a panasonic other, you know using then, a red camera <laughs> And I'll say like the, the Brit stuff, like, you know, I guess she was making sports references. Um, I got the LeBron stuff. Like here's, here's the thing with sports references. Like it works for some characters. It works for her in the sense that she's the Pittsburgh, you know, Steelers fan and all that, but she just didn't have anything of substance to say in this promo. It wasn't leading anywhere. And, And a big problem was the main reason the lights out match was happening was because she got hit last week. <laughs> by orange cassidy she didn't factor into this match there were like 20 she didn't need people. to factor into the match but this segment was pointless and you know there was no yeah, was, reason it was, for it it was bad but i was just say like you know credit to mjf like when it comes to robert you know i just want to say that when he with the whole um uh thing of continuity and all of that it makes sense for mjf because he just is a troll and he would go out of his way to find something to piss you off. Like he would ask somebody 
you know, I just imagine Warlow on Wikipedia doing all the research <laughs> and <laughs> and just him saying whatever he can. Like, I don't need to believe that MJF likes basketball or dislikes it. He just knows that that name will piss these people off. And, the one and- weird thing just about that MJF promo, because he's going on all these things, I feel like they're intentionally not mentioning the Colt Cabana stuff because Punk has nixed it. Yeah. Otherwise, that feels like the ultimate, like you have the guy it. in the no, he mentions the podcast. He doesn't ever invoke Colt Cabana's cool. no, name. I thought, didn't he say the people that that uh, you sue them? Yes, he said it because he sued uh, Doc Amon. But oh, he I, thought, he I, thought that, I thought that was about Colt. No, that was sued, about when he sued he... when he sued the WWE doctor. But oh. you have Colt. Like that should have been who if MJF did the long pause. Like no, who, he who said when gonna... things don't go your way, you sue them or something. Right, but that was Colt who sued him. Colt sued uh, Punk for for reimbursement because they both got sued by the doctor. What was weird was I kind of thought for a half second when Max was like, next week in Chicago, you're going to face, I thought he was going to say Colt Cabana. And they were going to pay off this whole podcast thing. And they have, the fact that it hasn't been mentioned at all makes me think like that's the one thing Punk's like, nope, we're not fucking mentioning it at under any circumstance for for real and using it for a storyline because there's so much meat on that bone and if oh, they put probably. if they put colt and punk in chicago fuck that would have been cool dude if, if colt if colt runs out and even saves him after a beatdown, that i i think you don't want to see them fight i just don't no i want to see them yeah. be friends i, I want to see him save them or something. i've said all along i want that you want the dean martin jerry lewis yeah reunion but you need to at least if you would have at least acknowledged it and teased it this week and then get the payoff next week. That would have been awesome. Uh, it's yeah, just, Robert, let's say on you. What did you think this, of the second this hour? This program does not need Cole Cabana. It's, I mean, if it happened, that'd be cool. It's the only reason I bring it up home. is because Max is bringing up every major indiscretion of, of punk of for the last decade. Yeah. And the dude is like, you know, the the 280-pound Jewish gorilla in the back. Um, I love the Acclaim promo where they brought That's up actually the- how the right wing describes the media, so... Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, like how Punk never mentions that MJF's Jewish in, in all the reasons we should hate him. Max, that's a big thing with Max, by the way. He never brings up, like, outside of wearing that Hanukkah thing the one time, he never openly acknowledges it because he's like, you can tell, but I'm not going to make it a thing. Uh, I love the acclaim pointing out that Moxie looks like Al Bundy. That was fantastic. Oh, that was and, and the guy from Hey Arnold. And the guy from Hey Arnold. But I, Oh, that was amazing. Ashka? Yes, sure. that was fantastic. And then, and then I like how Dan's trying to defend this. Like, well, the second hour was good. And then there was a Griff Garrison promo. And then a Layla <laughs> Hirsch match. I was like, Jesus. Uh, yeah, that Layla Red Velvet match. I knew it was bad because my wife was in the room and she doesn't watch wrestling much. And even she's like, these girls are not good. I'm like, yeah, no, they're they're not very good. But don't worry. They're the number one and number two contender. Uh, no, Layla I, Hirsch is good. I, yeah, I did look up. I didn't realize Layla Hirsch was adopted when she was eight and brought over from Russia. She has a fantastic backstory that they should be telling. She's a fucking spy. Thanks for letting me know, Robert. Probably. <laughs> the, the Malachi Black thing reminded me of why filming pre-tapes of Brody King was so tough. You never wanted to give him lines because he definitely sounds like he's memorizing lines when Malachi is a little is bit so of a rough natural. promo, yeah. Uh, the PWI thing with Britt was... It was fine. Wait, wait, you... wait. What if he's brainwashed and so it's like hostage reading and that's why his promos aren't that good? Uh? Or what if what if he's brain what if he's brain damaged? <laughs> the Patty Hearst of wrestling. I would I would be awesome. Uh I, I like that they gave Brit time with the PWI thing, but yeah, she kept going back to like Brit ba- talking about Baker Mayfield. Uh when I'm kept thinking, like, well, the Steelers got knocked out of the first round of the playoffs. This is kind of a dated promo. Um, and it felt like, yeah, it, to, to Mike's point, it went long, but her whole shtick was, 
I'm better than everybody else in the women's division. And having watched Layla Hirsch and Red Velvet, you are. Well, that's I kept I'm, thinking. That's... I kept thinking a babyface was going to come out and cut her off. And with the exception of Thunder Rosa, there really is nobody who can even go out there to elicit any kind of reaction when they're in there with with Brit. Um, no, you, you need debuts, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, they, they need to yeah. bring in a bunch of. They need to bring in a lot of the women that got released Dude, from WWE who are I, I, super honestly, talented. even then, man, it's like, I don't I don't know. I think uh, I think it's an uphill battle. I think it, it is, but you know, she tried. The main event, the Orange Cast, the Adam Cole match, it was it was good. I thought it was weird they did the cup spots. I think Cardona did the exact same thing at yeah, GCW. Yeah. Um, up until the end, and this is where I'm going to be critical. I thought the match itself was really a really good back and forth. They AEW needs to stop doing the spectacles because they don't do them well. Uh, the ladder match had some amazing spots, and then the finish of this was the hug that went too long that looked like Adam Cole could have easily broken out of it. And then they fell through a piece of cardboard because Bryce went to go count and he slipped because it wasn't, it was clearly not anything solid. Oh, they, I didn't notice they, that, but that bump looked great. The hug yeah, was the, bad. The, the, the hug was phenomenal. bad and went way too long. The, the spot was okay, but oh, the spot if you're going to do, okay. The visual not, of the spot is nuts. If you're, you're going to do that There's spot. There's no way you watched it. There's no way. It's nuts. If, if, you, if you did that, if you're going to do that spot, you don't need the ladder match in the same show, which had three or four more spectacular spots that didn't finish off the match. It kind of was, it sucked that like, this is how Adam Cole lost by them gently falling through what no, was a clearly dude. gimmicked hole. No and way. They, they did the same thing with, with, with Jericho before. Like they just, they, they haven't no, perfected Robert, this, this is... one thing. Scott, take the fair criticism. It's, the match it's was not good. real. Dude. It could have been done better. No, dude, that spot is fucking bonkers. It looked awesome. The fall is unbelievable. Rewatch it. It looks like he dies and goes to hell. It's crazy. We've the hug is fucking terrible. 20, 30 times. Cole, before, Cole should have never acted like he was trying to wiggle out. He should have been selling the low blow. Acting like he's trying to wiggle out looks fucking stupid. You should be able to get out of a hug. And Orange Cassidy didn't have his fingers fully grasped. So that looks stupid too, because you should have got out of the hug. That was terrible. The match was cool. That spot was so bad, it almost ruined the whole match for me. Then the fall looked amazing. But that spot, terrible. The fall looked like a fall we've seen plenty no of times way. before. Dude, it's vicious. You we've seen that. Look, it was a great say. Shane McMahon match. You're just wrong. Guys. You didn't watch it from the, the replay. Yeah, it was angles. an okay Shane McMahon match. Look, Shane, you know, no, this the way Blackman. he lands is uh, unbelievable. Look, one of you, one of you has worked in wrestling for several years, and one of you showed up late to work because they were watching Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> no, so no, gonna, I, okay. I, I, I got there on time. And the last I point I'm going to make, the last point I'm going to make, then I'm done because I thought they, the show overall was a very strong show. I wouldn't have beat Adam Cole because you need a strong contender for Hangman, and Adam Cole no, was the number one there. contender. I disagree there because he didn't technically lose, and that's a great heel. I, I know it's a great heel thing, but you still there was no reason to really. It's not going to be on his record, so he can just still say he's undefeated. I, I get the yeah, technical like aspect, Brit, of just it, like Britt with Thunder. I mean, obviously this match much worse, but 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 also, guys, if it's a lights out match, it doesn't count. But if it's dark. It does. Does that mean that it's dark, but the lights are just dim? Can we talk about the uh, woman with the Adam Cole hall pass sign? Is your type, is your type Ren? You know, like, I, I, I also have two other notes that really don't have anything to do with the work of the match, but... They should not have tall guys in the front row. I don't know how they get that one dude like, is massive, dude. There was one guy who was like towering over both Cole and Orange Cassidy. And my third note was Tony's crazy coke eyes backstage. Like <laughs> I thought it was just 
one shot, but his eyes like were ju- like I thought I was watching a 3D. I'm like, do I have 3D glasses on? Because like I literally he was all eyes during that segment. Oh, well, kudos to uh, Jerry Lynn for stepping in to save Tony Khan. That was a great oh little gosh. moment. Yeah, that was awesome. you know the um the 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 cornet guy who does all of the animations for Cornet's YouTube. Yeah, he gets Tony's eyes perfectly. <laughs> yeah, he's like Rembrandt for Tony's eyes. <laughs> um, it's crazy. Oh wait, but Danhausen, Danhausen. I liked how they debuted him because I think making it a bigger deal is is not the right move. I think this yeah, is cool. I agree. You know, it's lights out. He thinks the sh- you know he lives under the ring, and 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 that's kind of he he's like lately on Twitter he's been commenting like what's under rings and shit. I think he's been like acting like he's under rings. So. It makes sense. And he's silly and it's an Orange Cassidy match and he's silly and they live in the world of silly. And it's just like, let that shit be that shit. What I would have given to hear Jim Ross's inner monologue of Dan Housen interference during an Orange Cassidy match as a main event on a television show. (laughs) Inner monologue. It was a here, 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 Robert, I could do it for you. I hurt myself today. (laughs) If if Cowboy, if, if, uh, if Cowboy Bob was, uh, was, was still alive, well, he is still alive, but you know, I'll, I'll give you his internal monologue. I wonder if Serena Deeb was wearing that blouse today. <laughs> God, any more uh, any more notes in the second hour? Oh, I could I could go for some red velvet, both the cake and the woman. <laughs> I disagree. Right, I'm one of those for Jim Ross. Number five, ruin a rumble. You're the world's worst booker. Ruin this year's rumble. I'll start out. Triple H wins, but he's got to eliminate everyone from NXT. <laughs> Just so crying the whole time. Yeah, he's crying the whole time. And it's 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 like when it's like the equivalent of when Hitler made his soldiers shoot his own dogs, you know, like <laughs> Just Vince, like, out there, like, just oiling himself up and smiling while Triple H just destroys every single guy he tried to get over. That would be... Tomasa <laughs> Champa over the top. <laughs> yeah, he gets to comment for this match. Scott, how would you royal, ruin this year's Royal Rumble? All right, ready? So uh, there are... Okay, number 30 enters. It's the demon, right? The lights turn red. <laughs> you know, you know how the music goes and shit. Fog everywhere, right? Uh, flashes, you know, whatever. He gets in the ring. There's five. There's five. Five remaining uh, people in the ring. Dominic Mysterio is one of them, unfortunately. Right. So anyway, these five guys. Finn Balor gets in the ring, right? Uh, Brock Lesnar is also in there. He stands. Uh, he, as he gets in, he gets on the top rope, the top rope collapses, it breaks. Oh no, how do we end the Royal Rumble if the top rope is gone, right? So they go, in Saudi Arabia, we will do an elimination chamber with the the six remaining guys. And then everybody goes, oh, of course, fucked in the ass we are, that makes sense. Hey, top rope break is uh, Finn Balor's kryptonite. (laughs) But then Brock destroys everybody. And then really the story is Brock being in an elimination chamber in Saudi Arabia, destroying people. And oh, and I think Goldberg's going to be in the Rumble. So he's also in that final five group. 
Goldberg's going to be in it? Yeah, I think so, man. I think Goldberg's going to be in the Rumble. Why not, man? You have all of this money. You fired all of these people. Why not, like, seriously, why not, like, get Vin Diesel? I, I know they wouldn't fit because of the <laughs> rock, but, like, spend money. Yeah, yeah. Chris Pratt, dude. But ask a- Star-Lord. By the way, Goldberg <laughs> in an elimination chamber in Saudi Arabia is Gunther's wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, Rob, I love how quickly you guys just went on to Gunther, man. He's still fucking Walter to me. Robert, uh, how would you how would you ruin this year's Rumble? By watching it. No, um, I think you you have to pay off the Austin Theory Vince McMahon storyline. So what I what I think is going to happen is that Robert, it's not yet. It's so good. It's going to be the number no. <laughs> The number 30 entrant, Austin Theory's music's going to hit. And there was that Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors where Mr. Burns had his head grafted onto Homer's body. You're going to have Austin Theory come out with Vince McMahon's head attached to it, (laughs) calling the spots and flexing and taking selfies and eventually fucking Austin Theory's mom Uh, and and possibly then winning the Royal Rumble. There was a there was a movie in the seventies. I think the thing with two heads, where it was like this, uh, like a uh, black guy, and then he gets a racist white guy's head sewn next to. Him. <laughs> uh, I think the uh, thing uh, with more two fun heads... in this rumble. What I would do is it's number number thirty happened. Wait, wait, just uh, one second. I think the thing with two heads is how uh, Molina described Batista's dick. Keep going, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Unleash the animal. Um. <laughs> I uh no so <laughs> I what I would do is number 30 hits you hear the fucking gong everyone's really excited taker comes out into the ring everyone stops wrestling and then he takes the mic and he goes ladies and gentlemen <laughs> pitbull <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that was amazing all right, number six. Let's keep on Mike. Wait, wait, and Pitbull wins, Mike. You gotta finish it. Well, it's Pitbull versus Bad Bunny, man, and that's your fucking WrestleMania main event, baby. I yeah, love that it. It is a main event, actually. Pitbull that's versus bad. Bunny. Michael Vick's booking this show. I like it. Number <laughs> six. Just well, joking. Michael Vick's part of the Ad Free Shows Network now. We love you, Michael Vick, and everyone <laughs> part of it. Number six. Number six. QT and on. Or it's one of my favorite segments. We haven't visited in a while. QT and on. We talk all things QT Marshall. Um, my question this week was fantasy book, the rest of the hook, QT Marshall feud. First off, we had talked about, I'm going to start out and just say, we had mm-hmm. talked about this being a one-off. I think this is a year feud. And I think I, I'm not saying the matches are long. The matches are not long. Hook kills him in every match. But I want like, you know, like just recently QT Marshall donated his gear to his high school. Like I would love like, like his high school just throwing the gear back and then like Hook comes out and everybody cheers. It's got to end. He, he donated Hook's his fun. gear to the high school to remind him to still go to college. Yeah. <laughs> It, it it has to end with he, Hook fucking QT's wife. There's no other end for this. Like, that, to me, is like breaking the streak. You just have to end it that way. I, I want to see QT keep coming back in different gimmicks and losing even worse to Hook each time. Like, come back with, like, a badass Ken Shamrock gimmick, and he fucking taps out immediately. Um, how would you book the rest of this QT-Hook feud, Mike? Okay, so what I would do is um, have Pitbull come out. <laughs> so what I would do is I, I think that what I really loved was 
Yeah, the Q- QT on Friday. I mean, that suplex. The suplex where he still has the fucking microphone and he's going. Ah, ah. No, he goes, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. But what I would do is like every week is just, yeah, but you didn't beat me this way. Yeah, and you didn't beat me this way. Yeah, well, that was because you distracted me. And it just gets more and more elaborate. And yeah, you could get that going for a year. Because look, we we do make fun of Mr. Marshall sometimes, but this is the best role he's gonna get. This is just give Brandon Cutler a fucking camera and a spray stick or whatever. Uh, they figured <laughs> QT out of just the teacher who's a dick in in the kids movie. He's the Nickelodeon T. He's Mr. Belding. And Mr. Uh, Balding. Mr. Balding is over. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and fucking Hook is Zach and Slater combined. Man, so it really does feel like that. And Rampage, doesn't Rampage now feel like like TGI Friday because of Hook? Yeah. Like Hook segment feels like, ooh, Sean, is that Sean Hunter? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and you know, you know, in a Full House, they say whatever happened to predictability, uh, the booking of Rampage every week. <laughs> Where it's alive and The well. milkman is just QT pushing his tits together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. Yeah, but, but only so he could dunk those cookies that he hid from his wife. <laughs> All right. Uh, how, how, Robert, what, what's your, uh, what, how do you book the rest of this? Oh, this ends with it being revealed that QT is really his dad. Uh, there's no other way out and then you're going to get the Taz promo like Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy of he may be your father but I'm your daddy and I think that's what I that's all I'm here for <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just imagining Taz with that red fucking mohawk and blue paint I'm very fucking pop is yours <laughs> As long as as Mark Henry gets to announce the results of the paternity test, I'm completely down. It's time for the main father. (laughs) (laughs) Scott, how would you book the rest of this feud? All right, right. So QT is like, you know, what's it about this kid, you know? Hold on. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Okay, so, so QT's like, you know what it is? I, I saw a thing where this guy was super cool, just like uh, just like Hook, and it's because they have mojo. We got to get his mojo, right? So QT sends the factory out to like get Hook's mojo to like retrieve it, you know. And it's kind. And then there's like this a is highlight. Just a plot of Austin Powers. <laughs> what, are, what are you talking about? What's that? And then, and then and then they're trying to get the mojo, and they fail every time, you know. And uh, and then QT goes, "I'll just take matters into my own hands," you know. And then I will, I will have the mojo and I will fight Hook on Rampage with his mojo this Friday. And then, you know, there's a segment right before the match that reveals that while Hook was uh, drunk and asleep, QT uh, came and blew him and got his mojo, right? <laughs> what he calls his mojo. It's just a bunch of cum, right? So then QT <laughs> so then, so then comes out dressed like Hook, right? Hook comes out. And QT comes out all dressed like Hook, like, holy shit, he has his mojo, right? <laughs> Hook grabs him, fucking throws him over his head. Come flies out of QT's mouth. <laughs> Hook pins him, right? He goes, that wasn't my mojo, you idiot. That was my cum. <laughs> right? <laughs> so then, so then, so then, so then, so then goes, what the fuck, right? So then QT's like, <laughs> 
So the cutie goes, cutie goes, oh yeah? Well, guess what? I fucked your, I, at least I fucked your dog when I was there. And he goes, what? He goes, what? He goes, you gotta fuck your dog. And he goes, you know, he goes, he goes, I don't have a dog. And he goes, cutie goes, no, I fucked your pug. And he goes, I don't have a dog. And then Taz on commentary goes, Hey, woof woof, what can I say? <laughs> and then they and then and then they called the tag team the aristocrats. Oh my god. Oh, I'm dying. Oh my god. Cutie fuck Taz. Woof woof, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh, I'm gonna fucking have a heart attack Scott oh, at least we know what that towel he was always wearing around his neck was for. he thought it was his mojo <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> alright I gotta stop oh, let's, get, let's get to number 7 premium current events Robert take it over Oh, Jesus. Oh, fuck. <laughs> All right. Hold on. I, I like how you take this after this. I have the serious thing right after, you know, QT with a mouthful of hook cum. Um, anyway, I'm going to compose myself. So, jeez. Oh, la- last week, um, Mustafa Ali asked for his release from the uh, WWE and they have refused to give it to him thus far. So free Ali has been trending worldwide on, on Twitter. Uh, Ali's last appearance on SmackDown was him talking about his name. And that's why he's not getting a push. So they finally went all in on the uncomfortable, racially stupid um, because my name is Mustafa Ali. I'm never going to succeed in this company. And I think he kind of realized this is this is awful. Get me out of here. And they won't let him go. And it's uh, it's one of the weirdest stories that I've seen with WWE in a while because they just fired 120 some odd people last year. They've always had a policy of once somebody says that they want to leave, uh, they generally grant them their release because Vince yeah, like, if you don't want to be here, independent contractors. Right, if you don't want to be here, don't be here. The few times where people have stayed after they asked for their release was FTR when Hunter tried to convince him, like, no, 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 you really need to stay. Uh, this is just a really uncomfortable situation. I get that they want to keep Ali because they're going to Saudi Arabia next month, and I feel like they want to use him. But anytime you put him on TV going forward, right now it feels like a hostage situation and it's, well, it's a really yeah, Robert, shit. Like I thought you couldn't force someone to work. I thought you could just go like, I quit. And then you're, you don't show up. What the well, fuck law is you have to show up. I quit. You can just you. see like, how quit. little Mike gives a shit about WWE, by the way, because I'm seeing him play with what, what is it? What kind of action figure? Yeah, is Mike, it looks like a Warpath action figure. Mike started playing with an action figure. It's Warpath, right? Yeah. X-Force. It's uh, not even a wrestling figure. That's how out of this conversation. Oh, no, he picked, it, he picked like an equally, an equally got, culturally sensitive. From the and I got, I do have a wrestling figure. Look how fucking awful this Dax Harwood. Is. <laughs> <laughs> he had Dax stayed in WWE where he belonged. He would have gotten a better action figure he, instead of these weird melted, 
whatever you know what fuck you guys we tried it it was like this was the one serious topic and it's like eh, whatever i, I, I can't i mean I'll I can't. Number, a number eight high spot low spot i'll just say my high wait spot. wait 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 that is so fucking by the way it, i don't understand how it's legal like how is this yeah. legal yeah robert can you explain that like so very it depends literally, on, it depends on the show. Well, no, they they have. And when to. have they done this before? Well, I mean, what the fuck? There are guys they've done this to before, where they make them sit out, and they and they guys tend to throw fits, and and then eventually they do wind up letting them go. When you when you sign a, a contract under the technical auspices of a an independent contractor, no, none of this makes any sense whatsoever. WWE contracts really do not feel like independent contractor contracts. They hold you to a certain window of time. And they basically say, you're not allowed to work for any other wrestling company during this window of time. And as long as we continue to pay you, we are not in breach. Therefore, we're going to continue to pay you and you're going to continue to be under contract. But does and he have to show up? It depends on if they make him physically go there or not. I feel like in their minds, they're like, give him time to cool off and he'll come back. Ali was saying he wanted to be released because this is not helping him advance what he wants to convey to the world going forward. And he is, he felt like such a can't miss prospect for so long. Kofi Kingston talked about how they had a built-in storyline for last year's WrestleMania. Oh, it was the best. Yeah. And it was a fantastic story because it was legitimately Ali was supposed to be in the elimination chamber. He got injured. He wasn't in it. Kofi went in instead, won it. That was what started Kofi mania. And that was what was supposed to have led to Ali's bitterness and creating retribution. Um, they, they, clearly want to hold him to this they're trying to send a message and strong arm that we're not going to be you know held hostage by whatever a, a talent wants to do but at a point in time where they're firing people who are loyal and hardworking and busting their ass paying part-timers and non-timers like celebrities and giving them prime spots this is yet another really uncomfortable pr issue especially because of the insensitive nature in which they were using Ali for him to be like, all right, that's the last straw. You need to let me out of here. And he's stuck there. Uh, I'm excited for the Royal Rumble. It's going to be a really I, fun show. I do show think he's going to be at the Rumble. I do think he's going to be there. And and maybe they'll use the storyline a little bit. And then, he'll, you know, he will leave um, eventually. He'll but. definitely be gone after WrestleMania. So number uh, eight, uh, high spot, low spot. I'll just start out. I've got rid of my high spots. It's QT sucking hook stick. That was my high spot. <laughs> uh, without a doubt. Uh, oh, unbelievable. Man. And I mean, Lawrence had a showstopper with the pit bull joke. So this QT sucking <laughs> hooks dick was a, you know, that was an underdog story. Uh, low spot, AJ Ferrari getting in that car accident. Apparently nothing was broken, but uh, you know, I, I think he's the most exciting prospect in professional wrestling. I would really uh, love to see that guy flourish and come to WWE and just be the next fucking Kurt Angle, man. So, uh, you know, best uh, best of luck in his recuperating. Uh, prayers to AJ Ferrari. Scott? Okay. High spot. It, ooh, okay. Nah, that's not going to be my low spot. But my high spot is, let me bring it up. Dude, this kid, Nick Wayne. So, Robert, you were mentioning how the uh, the New York state laws are, are different for the GCW show, and yeah. that's why it kind of screwed them. Well, they have this wrestler, Nick Wayne, who is 16 years old, and so he wasn't allowed to wrestle there because you can't be 16 and professionally wrestle in New York City. So he showed up and everything with his mom, and then they couldn't, they couldn't have him on the show or whatever. And then Joey Janela said, I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure, you know, like to make sure I get you a match that you want in the future. 
Like, let me know, you know, WrestleMania weekend, they're going to do a GCW show. Let me know or whatever. And then Nick Wayne wrote back Will Ospreay. And uh, then Will Ospreay gave a thumbs up and it looks like it's happening. Uh, wow, that's really awesome. cool. Yeah. So this 16 year old kid is going to fight Will Ospreay WrestleMania weekend. It's not oh, confirmed yet, but it looks like it's happening. That's my high oh, spot. Stealing Waller's gimmick. What's your low spot? Man, I don't know if I have a low spot. But like, what, what bad, what, what was on Raw that really sucked? Can I, can I give you a low spot? I just read Please, this. Uh, yes. Kenny Omega has COVID. Oh, no. No! <laughs> yeah, but don't worry. He's going to battle with it for 50 minutes, and it's going to be a draw. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be unbelievable. Kenny, you have the stamina. You will make it. You're fine. <laughs> Scott, 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 right now is really quickly looking to see if uh, if Abushi also has COVID. <laughs> they live together. Oh man. Well, you know what? I think he'll. Uh, I, 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 I'm sure he will. He will get better. Yeah, that's my low spot. Kenny Omega has COVID. Thank you for that, Robert. And but also not thank you. You know breaking hearts out here telling me this sad news what was gonna be my high spot i figured i'd give it to you as your low spot oh jeez i'm joking heal. robert what's your high spot low spot i had i had two from but both from raw because i needed moments of bright spots in three yes. hours of fucking darkness uh brock lesnar dressed as a cowboy <laughs> coming out for the weigh-in and then Corey graves asking is that what you're gonna wear he's like what do you want me to do Corey? get naked brock lesnar's having so much fun it's a blast also there's there's a in three hours there's four seconds worth of raw worth watching which is montez ford does a dive over oh the top my rope God, dude. where he does the superman pose and it is the the dude is 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 next level he's the guy they need to build the company around going forward he's awesome uh that was a high spot for uh for me we're doing low spot as well or no yes yeah yeah, yeah. low spot uh nick khan's sports business journal interview where he it backhandedly eviscerates Triple H. Uh, he talks about how why he was brought in to make this a commercially viable global company. Uh, this is not a mom and pop company. And he talks about myself, Kevin Dunn, Vince McMahon, and Stephanie McMahon have a vision for this company going forward. And the reason they brought me in is because people will answer my phone calls. So by completely burying oh Triple God. H and his vision of the product as being a wrestling show was, was my low spot of the week. Oh, All right. Well, my high spot Damn. is okay. My high spot is finally uh, Triple H getting buried. Uh, <laughs> no. The tables have turned, <laughs> motherfucker. Dude, uh, he's like out. You think he's out for good? That's what they're saying, right? He's out for good because that heart attack was like real bad. He's still doing some work for him. I know that. Okay, all, all I want... No, I mean is, of the ring. I'm sorry. I oh, mean, like, okay. he's not going to be wrestling, right? Yeah. All, all I want... It, it, you know what it was? Nick Khan was pissed about all the water that he was wasting over the years. Like, you're not even drinking it. You're just fucking spitting it in the air. <laughs> but I want... I went when, when Triple H finally gets fired for Nick Khan, like, fucking, like, uh, Walter White style, to just call him up and go game over <laughs> no i want nick khan to do like when hunter like when someone wins a title and he points to him i want nick khan pointing at the exit sign with triple h's name on the door and that's how he finds out he's been released you know it's going to be great when, when 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 triple h gets fired and they're like you you have till 5 p.m to pack your things and it's just a cardboard box full of like skull helmets and different shit from over the years. it's just like a, a truck filled with lemmy memorabilia <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what, what's your low spot this week, Mike? 
Okay. Uh, well, you know, tying into NXT, uh, there was there was a, this uh, Imperium promo video. I don't know if you guys saw this. It's really funny. Where Gunther talks about <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, 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 is that what we're gonna be saying? We're gonna, Mike's gonna call him Gunther from now. Gunther. Like how Mike dances like from oh, now on. Like we talk about NXT it. all the time. It, it ties somebody into on our thing. Facebook group, please Photoshop Walter's face on the goon's body, and then we have Gunther. <laughs> The chef. Nah, from, uh, uh, no, put the goons, the goons face. Put the goons face on Chris Hemsworth's body, and you have Goon Thor. Um, oh, but, there we go. But what I would do, no. So, so this is this is the. Have you guys seen this video? It's really fucking hilarious. He talks about why he changed his name. He's Gunther in the video, so I'm referring to <laughs> as Gunther in the video. And he's like, "Yeah, was Walter the name that my grandfather gave me, who I love so much, and got me into wrestling? Sure." But now things are different. Now I'm Gunther. <laughs> like you can see, he's like fucking like holding back. To, like he's so sad. Like because he spends a minute. Like Walter is his real name, you know. And and he's like spending a minute talking about the significance of that name. And that's the name that you know he took over the world with. And he's like, yeah, but now I'm Gunther. <laughs> Wait, but does he say is the is there anything where he maybe can say like? Like what I'm about to do in the future, I need. Yes. I I can't be near that name. Is that it? No. What he said. This is what he said. Like I'm gonna murder people even worse than Walter did, and I can't disrespect my my lineage by calling myself Walter. I well, need to have a new name because of, I'm a destroyer or whatever the fuck. That is kind of what he says, uh, Scott. Where he says that it's about the future and not the past. Well, yeah, but that's not what I said. I mean, that's like. Yeah. Well, it yeah. is. It's about when he gets future endeavored, he can still retain the rights <laughs> to the name Walter. He's like, you know what? Fuck my grandfather. I want to be on the main event wrestling Reginald in three weeks. It, it, it is interesting though, right? Like when, when he's Walt, when he's Walter, it's the way he looks is interesting and intimidating. And now this Gunther thing, it feels like such a blooper that he looks like a blooper. And so like he is pudgy to us now, you know, he is yeah. kind of goofy looking and here, 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 here's the thing, you know, you know, we did some like fantasy booking today, uh, some containing Texas come, some not, and, 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 and they are better than us at this. Like we come up with like comedy answers. None of us would have ever thought, oh, they'll just fucking name him Gunther. Oh, they'll give Carrying Cross a gimp mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, it, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, That's like their true. best ideas are worse than our worst idea. <laughs> Their best ideas come from the same people who have the anti-bullying campaign. It's the only way they can get out the pro-bullying is by putting it into their booking. Well, speaking of our best ideas, Mike, what do we got on the docket uh, for episodes coming up? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I I can say if you want all of our roasts up until the end of April, if you want. Yeah, let's, let's get through Hell WrestleMania. Yeah. All right, so I, I revealed these uh, last week. We have February... Which is, I realize, our anniversary show. One year of being WrestleRoast. We're roasting Greg Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> really pulling out the big gun for that yeah, one. Really pulling out the big gun. It's close to Valentine's Day, Greg Valentine's Day. I mean, Day. to be fair, he's one of the only wrestlers we could actually get. So. Yeah, I feel like if you, if you pushed, if you melted the four of us together, it would be Greg Valentine. Um, then we have. So Mark I should Henry. put an asterisk. All of these are subject to Conrad signing them in the next few months. <laughs> <laughs> Meow. <laughs> 
<laughs> so February we have Greg Valentine today and, and Mark Henry. Our Patreon is Tommy Dreamer. Uh, our Patreon for uh, March is uh, Jimmy Snuka. And then a regular roast, this Scottish comic, uh, I believe his name is Ross Leslie, he, uh, reached out. He said he wanted to do the show. I watched some clips. He's really funny. We are going to be roasting Drew McIntyre with an actual Scottish person. Whoa. So that'll be fun. Bring out all your swords. <laughs> name we are so here. inclusive. <laughs> we get all planet. different types of white on this show. <laughs> yeah. And and he's going to translate Dewdrop promos for us. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we have, uh, you know, we had to get to him at some point. Chris Jericho. We are roasting Chris Jericho in oh March. Oh my god. Um and then April, April is Armenia month. This is a big fucking Wait, March month. when March? The first week of March? What? Is is Y2J? Yeah, he's going to be Ooh, first. In like a lion, right? Is that March? I guess March so. the beginning is Drew. Yeah. But oh, we can we can switch it. Who gives a shit? Uh, April uh we have Roman Reigns. We are roasting Roman Reigns, and we are also going to be roasting Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch Damn. will be our April, this big mania. Time to start on working on finding a female comic to make us not seem insensitive. Or just any Irish person. Uh, and then Patreon for April. This is our biggest Patreon ever. You know, like I said, we roast we, on Patreon. We roast murderers sometimes. Uh, you know, just criminals, terrible people. And all, people wait, all wrestlers were, though they're not not wrestlers. Yeah, and, and people we're physically afraid of. Um, this one might be all of them. Brock Lesnar. We are roasting oh, wow. Brock Lesnar on the Patreon. The next big roast, Brock. So, there you go, Mister Sable himself. <laughs> well, next week we're gonna have some aces and eight count on the uh, regular show uh we're also uh, gonna be for something of sports because i cannot do raw every week uh we will be uh, reviewing the first smackdown it's the i think it's the pilot one I, i'm not sure it's the stone cold and under stone cold and the rock versus undertaker and triple h that's the main event um it's a fascinating show uh so we're gonna have a lot to talk about and for patreon this week we're gonna do the 2002 royal rumble and next week we'll have uh we'll have a few other patreon uh topics for uh shows coming up uh anything to uh promote scott scott underscore chaplin on twitter and instagram and also the wrestle rose twitter account and also pro wrestling search wrestle rose buy our shit also our facebook group yeah, and, and and go on our Facebook group to vote on whether or not we should continue that tournament. Mike. My new high spot is Dan St. Germain saying into a microphone, I cannot watch Raw every week. <laughs> Rehab fucking worked. God bless you. I'm so proud of you. Uh, everybody, if you have that dark cloud in your life and it's three hours long and it airs every Monday on USA, you can overcome it. Yeah, I mean, Dan has more color in his face. His hair looks healthier. His eyes look clear. And you guys can't even see the syringe in my arm right now. Yeah. So it's all a big plus. And his shirt isn't stained. <laughs> well, we don't know that. I'm wearing a black no, shirt. No, we're proud right? of you, man. You you, you, you seem healthy this episode. Well, and this you know, was a very fun episode. It's the beginning of a journey I've been on for about 15 years. So 
uh robert um what do you got to promote uh you can follow me on twitter at wwcreative underscore ish apparently i have an instagram which i didn't realize uh i reacted i hadn't posted if you ever want to see robert in like a sears family photo everything that's not robert go on his instagram it is hilarious (laughs) dan's like if you ever want to dox robert yes pretty much yes (laughs) here's robert's address if you want to see that i'm a real person and not the uh this uh, hey, hey guys, look at this fucking loser with his wife and two kids. <laughs> um, also, I'll, I, speaking of being a loser, I will still be watching Raw on Monday nights and doing that episode of Something to Sports Entertainment with. So fear not, you will hear the 30 to 35 minute mental breakdown that usually occurs after watching three hours of Byron Saxton yelling in my ear. Uh, if you're at the Something to Sports Entertainment with here, but Dan gets a reprieve. We will be covering one of the first episodes of SmackDown, we're not entirely sure which one. I got to look it up on the uh, on the Peacock gimmick, but it'll be fun. Well, it's, it's that it's that main event. It's it's Austin and Rock. Yeah. And, 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 and Robert, it's totally okay for you to keep watching Raw. Dan has a serious addiction. You just have lingering PTSD. Yes. <laughs> I need to check on my accuser or my, my, my captor every week to make sure that <laughs> and, uh, never again. We're doing SmackDown uh, and Rampage for the $10 tier, too. So. <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of fun stuff coming up. Join the $10 tier. Until then, best... Whoa, that's Robert's line. So I'll just say, woof, woof. <laughs> Zach? <laughs> no. And wash your hands.